Bring yourself back online. Welcome back to Freeze All Motor Functions, a Westworld podcast that doesn't sound like anything to me and doesn't take itself too seriously. I am Jared Boris Slow here with Ross Bolin. Hello, Jared. What a lovely day it is to be here with you. It's a Thursday, and we're here at Grand X Media Headquarters in Austin, Texas, with our Thursday Analysis Mode episode, where we will be responding to a formidable John of listener voicemails from the Ooh, cold line. Wow, those were big words. Yeah. Well, one was a big word. One was a smaller word. It was just a, an interesting word. It's a word that Dammer Jester, from, apparently it's a Philly thing. A John. It's like, if, it's like a term for like anything. Like, oh, go grab me that John over there. Yeah, the only place I'm familiar with Johns is like on the, uh, like the fashion Twitter. They call an outfit a John. Oh, really? Yeah. DJ Crime Dog says John a lot. Which is uh, maybe a little hint that you may be getting some DJ Crime Dog on this episode. It doesn't feel like a hint. It feels like you just told us. I did. I've told you. You've been told. Start off the episode today like always. Thank you. I'm pointing at you right now. You can't see it. This is a podcast. It's an audio medium. I'm pointing at you. Thank you. He's not pointing. I am now. Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing. If you enjoy what we do here and you haven't done that yet, it's super helpful to us. Helps us grow. Helps everybody get, our, get their eyes on us, you know. And guess what, Ross? We're just jumping right into it today. Jumping right into the calls. My favesies. First call. Hey, guys. Intern Serena here. Okay, so I wanted your opinion on a crackpot theory I have about Ford and his death. I could talk about this for a really long time, but I'm going to try to give you the most succinct version for the sake of the hotline. Okay, so for the Ford is Alive truthers, I'm pretty positive that he's truly dead, but I don't think he's necessarily gone. I think the thing he was working on before he had Dolores kill him was uploading his consciousness into the framework of the entire park, which is what's allowing him to fuck with William and Bernard even post-mortem and make them play his little game. We know that uploading consciousness into host bodies is problematic, but not about how it would work uploading consciousness into a program. In the season one finale, Ford said, Mozart, Beethoven, and Chopin never died. They simply became their music. I thought that was another one of his deep allegories, but now I'm starting to think he meant it pretty literally. I wondered what you guys thought of that. Thanks. Well, that's a hard one to start off with. Good Lord. Okay. Can't we just limp in with an easy one? Like, <laughs> what was... Yeah. Well, so this is intern Serena, who, as you know, does all of our awesome Photoshop work on our social media accounts at Freezal Motor on Twitter and at Freezal Motor Functions on Instagram. And she has started this episode off with probably one of the heaviest hitting calls of all time. I am completely now in on this theory. I love that that line he has back in season one about how Mozart and Chopin never died; they just became music. That's a, it's a cool line. Just I mean, the the idea being that you you know the work you leave behind, the music you left behind, lives on forever, and that you you become that. I don't know exactly like what that would look like uploading your consciousness to a program, but I do buy the the possibility that he could have uploaded his consciousness into multiple hosts, like which is a it's a crazy idea like that there could be more than one of you you know what i mean yeah for me i was like really wrestling with trying to decode what that actual ford saying meant last season i remember i spent like five minutes going like how do i talk about this and i think i just ended up glossing over it like hey, he said this and it's just like a ford saying but like this to me could be a very easy meaning for it that he did mean it literally and he literally just going to become the park he's put his consciousness into the whole park which we've seen him be able to, like, already in his own body, be able to control multiple hosts. It's not a huge leap to me that he was able to just put himself into all of them, into every host and everything that goes on there. I, I think this is very possible. Um, Some type of hive mind situation. But, yeah, the it's like people will say when you and I die, you know, J Jared and Ross, they didn't die. They simply became podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> And this also kind of ties into what uh, the first of us said to Ashley Stubbs. He said, you only live as long as the last person who remembers your name. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about like legacy here. Yeah. Um, and I know I wouldn't be shocked in any way to hear that 
Ford has uploaded himself into multiple hosts or something along those lines. I don't. I just, the only thing with the him uploading himself into the park period is how complex that would be to to play out. You know what I mean? Like, how would they convey that? Well, they already kind of are by having him talk through multiple different hosts. You know. I don't know if it needs to be much more than that. Yeah, but now I'm imagining like a scene with 20 hosts all singing and dancing and like in uh, together. You know, like what I mean? some sort of Fred Astaire skit. Yeah, just like a massive. Uh, what is it called? A, a jump line? What is it called? A kick, kick jump line? on the line? No, turn your body in time. <laughs> oh, hey, I don't need you. It's some sort. It's a Harry that's, Belafonte thing. That's not no. <laughs> like a kick line. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh a can can. You, you think it's going to be a can-can line of a bunch of different hosts? No, and no, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I am Ford. Hey. Yeah, they're all Ford. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm picturing in my head. Like, it turns into a straight Looney Tunes deal. But now I just really want to hear that song. That's a great song. Go sang. listen to it. It's actually on Spotify. Uh, host can-can line confirmed. Next call. Yo, Famp Nation. This is Mike from Miami, living in Connecticut. Calling in because I just had a major revelation. I don't know if it's true or not, but I need to share you know how Men in Black, William, talks about the cognitive plateau that Delos is experiencing. You know, they keep trying to make him at his current age and state live for more days, but he says his mind rejects reality. So maybe the mind is saying like, hey, I know that this didn't happen to me. It, it, it has all the memories coded, but it just doesn't know what to do with the information to continue living because that body actually hasn't had those experiences. So he's like, some men aren't meant to live forever. Let him continue. But what if we're talking about having to transplant a human mind into an artificial baby? Like if somehow they can make host bodies that develop and grow, you know, along with the life cycle. And thereby, if you have a memory of someone implanted at the infant stage, as that person develops, it also develops the actual person's personality. And when they get older, they acknowledge that they have old memories, but they also have present memories too, which is my, why the intro might be showing a sex and then childbirth. And then, I don't know, next season, we might see a family of some sort regarding host. What do you guys think? I know it's a little far-fetched, but it could also have something to do with going back to the beginning to understand everything about this show. Back to the beginning of, of humans is legit sex and then birth let me know bye guys bye guys legit sex legit sex mike you need to chill out bro chill out okay now here's the deal he lost me on this and then the second he brought up the baby and i tied it into the intro like is if that's a host baby in the intro not the baby i don't know i i was like i was going through this call and i almost was like Man, this guy is on some shit right now. And then it, it, it like all came together for me. You mean me. like drugs? Uh, yeah, mean, you on, do. Or, or, or on his bullshit. Either one. He's on drugs or bullshit can be a drug. He's back on his bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I thought he was. Many consider bullshit to be the strongest, most potent drug. And I was like, this is a terrible theory. And then the more he kept talking, the more he convinced me that this is a valid theory. Just because of a few different things, like the baby in the intro, the whole looking back thing. I, I think this is a this is totally out there, but this is about as out there as you can go while still having a valid theory. So his main argument being that what's going wrong with Delos over and over is solvable if you plant if you planted consciousness into an infant so that it would have the ability to grow into all of its memories, I guess. Because hosts are kind of just put into hey, you're bootstrapped with your. Uh, like cornerstone and then you have everything that goes off that here's all your here's all your memories good luck yeah like it doesn't seem maybe it's kind of tied into that too like what's james dellis's cornerstone he doesn't really have one now that that's an interesting more uh understandable part of it for me like it's a good question because i don't know like how that works there's you know there's there's a lot of reasons that i could see why the james dellos experiment isn't working but that one is really simple. Worst case scenario is that your cornerstone is your parents having sex. And that's what you and that's what you flash back to and relive. That is that is absolute doomsday scenario. Yeah, that's not the cornerstone you want. No. No. 
Mike from Miami, living in Connecticut. Not a bad call. This is Sean from Illinois. Uh, if you think that Ford is completely controlling everything that Craddock and the Confederados were doing uh, in that whole situation with the man in black and the wife uh, memories, that means that he's still controlling Teddy because Teddy let Craddock go at the end of the that whole execution scene. So I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. We had a few people mention this uh, down in the DMs that everything that happened with the man in black, we talked a lot about how that was organized by Ford as part of the door to make him kind of like look back on his past terribleness. And if that's the case, then the only Craddock only got to uh, Las Mudas to meet up with the man in black because Teddy let him go. So the idea being Ford was potentially behind Teddy letting Craddock go. Now that's definitely a possibility. I don't think it's necessarily what has to be the case because Ford could have been like, Oh, looks like Teddy let him go. Okay. Now I can fuck with man in black. But I do think it's more reasonable that Ford was behind it. One thing is for certain the, one of the biggest the biggest concerns that viewers have right now is the level of control that Ford is maintaining in the afterlife or lack thereof. So it's, I mean, my brain is too feeble to to fully understand even what you what you're talking about right now. Yeah, your brain is like a sickly old dog. It is, but the but the that that much is clear. People want to know the people, and hopefully we yeah. get more. I mean, there, there's been a severe lack of Ford in this season thus far. And I think sooner rather than later, maybe episode five, maybe episode six, we get more Ford. I need Ford in my life. Ford trucks. The, the built, Ford built the Ford, Ford tough. The Ford family of trucks. The Ford family of hosts. I think they're all are they all dead? We know we know little Ford's dead. We don't know if his dad or his mom or brother are though. And the dog's dead. You know, Kanye West once said Fords don't die. Did he say that? Yeah. He said, or, no, that was waves. Waves don't die. Sorry. Oh, that wasn't even, that's not even relatively close. Sorry. I was going to say that if that, he actually said that, they do. T- Kanye West has been in the show before, and that could be real, but then you just completely. Yeah, sorry. If Kanye says waves don't die, and Ford says Chopin and Mozart don't die, I don't know. There's something there. I don't think there is. I don't either. What's up, boys? It's Tim in Baltimore giving you a call back. Just wanted to say fantastic drink suggestions last week, but I uh, thought it was rude of me to take them without telling you some of my own. So how about the Teresa Cosmo, classy drink for a classy lady? Serve it with a smoldering cigarette perched on the edge of a martini glass. Or maybe the sweet Clementine Lavender Gimlet. Stir it up with one of those long, twisted bartender spoons, but leave that sucker in the drink for the for the fans like Sylvester did to Clem. Also, I heard your Maeve Keeney, but I went in with the uh, charming and bitter Maeve Groney instead. When you finish mixing up the Negroni, spice it up by dropping a single full black peppercorn bullet in the bottom of your drink for your friends to pull out of the bowels of their drink with their own bare hands. Anyways, we're going with the smoky mezcal for our bad boy Hector this week, and I hope you guys have... uh, Anyways, I hope you guys... uh, know that it's an open invite any week for you to come watch with the FAMP fam if you're coming through Baltimore. Anyways, see ya. This guy's a lot better at thinking of drinks than we are. Yeah, dude, thanks for making us look bad. That was, wow. Okay, this fucking smoky mezcal? Man. Well, I also really like the the Maeve groany with the bullet, the black peppercorn bullet inside. Yeah, that's next level. That dude's got to be a bartender. Oh, oh, he definitely is, and the reason I realized that is because for the for the uh, the Clementine like lavender gimlet or whatever. First off, that alone, a I, lavender yeah, gimlet. I don't, I don't even know what that is. But then again, he says you have one of the long stirring spoons and you leave it in because it's like you're doing Clementine's lobotomy. Sir, you are an alcoholic, <laughs> but a very smart one is good at making themed drinks. Right, high functioning. Tim from Baltimore. Maybe we'll take him up on that on that invitation. I don't know the next time I'm going to be in the uh, Northeast. Definitely not during the season. But uh, hey, what's this? What's the se- Oh, oh, the the Westworld yeah. season. Yeah, I'll say this: next season, season three, Ross will make it up. I didn't know if that was like something people in the Northeast say about summer. Oh yeah, like 
not during the season. Leaf season. They hate you know leafers I mean? up there, right? Because don't they go to, you know, they leave. They're like, oh, it's too fucking hot. And they leave the Northeast and they go to, you know, their, their shore houses or whatever. What? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You clearly don't. But do you agree I'm with sorry. what I said earlier? I was up really late last night. <laughs> do you agree with what I said earlier? Would you say? Just yes or no, do you Oh, agree? yeah, of course. Okay, so you just confirmed that you will be going to this guy's place for season three. Good. Next call. What? Hey, guys. This is Levi from Northwest Arkansas, home of Fayette Chill. Um, it's calling about the control unit and what's your guys' thoughts on the control unit being for William slash the man in black? I think that's part of Ford's game for him that he's going to have a choice at the end whether he wants to live forever in this consciousness or uh you know die in the park so anyhow just my thought and uh interested to see what you guys think laters hmm i fucking love this you like this theory? yes i love this that that's a beautiful end game right there for the very last decision that william has to make to be if he wants to embrace that you know like basically eternity as a host or to die a normal human death in the park that's a great that's you, good shit there do you think there's a time frame on this like after the delos takes back over control of the park then he could come back to life again but if he but i guess if he dies right now he that, still could be brought back to life in like you know a month if that's they, a good question i mean one of the most interesting things for me right now that's kind of up in the air is like all right i i get the feeling that westworld plans on going more than a few seasons oh yeah right as a television show I, i'm you know that just it would be silly to waste the potential of this entire, you know, world that they've built. Um, and I don't mean Westworld the park. I mean the entire frame of the, you know, existence of, of everybody in Westworld, the show. But the Man in Black storyline can't go forever, right? So, like, when does this come... When does this become the thing he's confronted with? Is it, like, is it going to be the end of season two? Or are we going to get another season of William? Or what... At some point, the man in black has to kind of reach the end of his journey and we have to focus on somebody else, right? So it's like... I believe I have an answer to that. I think season two is called The Door. It is. Season one was called The Maze. Yeah. So that would imply that at the end of season one, we found The Maze. End of season two, you find The Door. So it would be the end of this season. So you think The Door takes you to a room where you have to decide if you want to get into the control unit or not? Oh, maybe. I didn't. You said that, not me. But uh, I think that's definitely a possibility um, because, yeah, if this is the case, this is one of the theories. What I try to do with these calls is I'll go through and using what theories people are tweeting at us on social media, I'll like combine that. I'll try to get all of those theories in via a call. And if I don't, then I'll just bring it up otherwise. Um, and then I'll get any other interesting ones. And this is one that was definitely uh, DM to us and tweeted at us during the week as well. One of my running theories as of, I don't know, 14 seconds ago is that the door is actually doors, plural, um, like the band. And when the man in black comes to these doors, there's two of them. And behind one door is the control unit. And behind the other door is a can-can line of dancing hosts uh, that are all forward. And it just depends which door he picks. It's like, what's behind door number one? What's behind door number two? I have two notes on that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm addressing this seriously. I don't uh, either, really, honestly. First note, intern Serena, please find a GIF or a video of a can-can line and Photoshop Ford's head You know what it. to do. You know what to do. Secondly, uh, regarding the band The Doors, there is, this is the most bizarre thing ever. My high school claims that Jim Morrison went to it for a year, but there's absolutely no evidence or documentation of it that anybody can find. Oh, that's pretty cool. If you're going to have like an urban myth about your high school, that's that's a cool one. And our neighboring high school, uh, Gibbs High School. I went to St. Pete High School, by the way. Shouts to the Pinellas boys. Gibbs High School. Uh, Shouts to who? The Pinellas boys. It's my county uh, in Florida. The high school near me, Gibbs, claims that Jeffrey the butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air went there. This is, is this like a Florida thing? This is what y'all do? No, I don't know. I, and I, that one, I never researched that one that much. Uh, but they also, I don't know why my, my county just claims absurd celebrities. You know, Petey Pablo went to my high school. Did he really? No. Who did? This is probably somebody famous. Nobody. Nobody. I think I might be the most famous person who went to my high school. 
No, that's not like a humble brag. I'm serious. Uh, here's a crazy fact for you. So obviously it's really weird to go from a high school in Florida to a high school in, or to a college in Wisconsin, which is what I did. Uh, so I was, I did that in 2011 and nobody has done it until this year. And it's a basketball player. Wow. I mean, Tay Strickland, who is Rod Strickland's son, NBA great. Wow. Yeah. So Tay Strickland shouts to you. I know you're not listening. Guarantee you're not, but, uh, please. He might, he might be a fan. I mean, please enjoy the reference on the podcast and, Good luck on the basketball team. Also, Levi from Northwest Arkansas, he uh, shouted out Fayette Chill, which is a brand we sell. If you want to uh, get in on the Fayette Chill that Levi from Northwest Arkansas called about, hit up manoutfitters.com. Promo code FREEZE. Next call. What's good, Stamp Nation? This is Mike from Miami, living in Connecticut. I He's back. I call to give shouts to the Grand X team and our most fire online host, Jared and Ross, for making these t-shirts and also for giving shouts to Mrs. and Mr. Mike from Miami Living, Connecticut. You made her Mother's Day, uh, so much so that she purchased me a shirt. Um, Yeah, so I got a t-shirt for free. Um, Kind of bummed there's only one out there. So guys, let's, let's contribute to these meme contests and like, Keep buying these shirts so that Jared and Ross know we want them. We want to help them pay their salary. We wouldn't want them to go homeless. I don't want that guilt on my conscience. It's not like I'm one of these hosts whose memories can be erased. So, you know, do your thing. Support the pod. And, um, yeah, have a great, great week, guys. Freaking love being a part of this community and hope you do, too. Buy a T-shirt. Okay, I'm st- I'm starting to feel like there is a possibility that Mike from Miami living in Connecticut is there's like a Wyatt Dolores situation going on here and it's actually you. And you are Jared and you're also Mike from Miami living in Connecticut. That was too promotional. I mean, yeah. Now, I understand why you might think that. It it just it just ends up that Mike from Miami living in Connecticut is better at promoting our podcast than we are. It's getting embarrassing. <laughs> uh, going off of that, he talks a lot about the t-shirts. It took six and a half years to design the one we have. Just be appreciative. Six and a half years, dude. Like, I don't even know if Lawrence's daughter was alive yet. Nah, this was all pre-production. This was like, they told us when they started working on the uh, scripts for the show, and we were like, fuck, we better get to work designing this t-shirt yeah. for the podcast. Here's the deal. The official t-shirt of Freeze All Motor Functions is out it's at grandexshop.com, and then you'll click on the little Freeze on Motor Functions button. It's awesome. You can use promo code FREEZE for 15% off of it. You're going to like it. If you're a fan of the podcast, rep it all day, every day, because it's a dope shirt. Um, and if uh, enough of those shirts get bought, we're going to release more shirts, including, including the shirt everybody is talking about, the Dream Shirt. Data rules everything around me. I have an amazing design for it. David? Oh, Data. data. Yeah, David. David rules everything around me. We're not making that shirt. Uh, David's my dad. So that would just be a really like weird dynamic shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, these Fusion Motor Function shirts, they're there. Check them out. If you like it, buy one. If enough people buy them, we'll make more shirts. Easy as that. Thank you for promoting us, Mike from Miami Living in Connecticut. You're that dude. What's up, guys? It's Tyler in Chicago. Big fan of what you guys are doing. Jared, love the Wisco and KK shout out from a fellow Badger. Uh, it's my first time calling in. You guys may have already gotten other calls around this already, but I'm wondering about the flashback scene we get that goes to the chick opening up her wrists in the bathtub. Uh, I'm not convinced that this was William's wife. They made such a big deal about her ODing on pills as her means of suicide. I mean, they said it and referenced it like two, three, four times. So we're supposed to believe that that was just all made up or just for some reason not accurate. Uh, I, I was thinking that the woman in the tub bleeding out is actually William's daughter, Emily or Grace, and she killed herself as well. Uh, and then, you know, it's potentially her con- consciousness or control unit or whatever was uploaded into the host Grace body, which is what we've seen so far this season. Uh, maybe wearing the tinfoil hat a little bit here, but it just seems too strange to go from she killed herself with pills, 
so many times to, oh, actually, she you know, opened up her wrist in the bathtub. Uh, what other purpose could that serve? So it's also possible that I was just drunk watching this and just missed something confirming it as William's wife. So love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Dude, have a little faith in yourself. I think you're onto something here. Because they didn't show her face. Nope. We don't know what his wife looks like. We don't even know what he looked like at the time. Why would they make it so mysterious after, like you said, multiple mentions of the pill thing and then show this wrist and the blood situation? Like we, I mean, it, there's something there, right? Yep. There's some twist in that flashback. And you don't get 10 seconds of flashback memory without getting later on more of that memory right mm -hmm. that's how the, sh the show works and typically flashbacks and memory scenes work in general so yep. yeah i don't know there's definitely something going on there uh i need to say go badge shouts to tyler wisco nation um yeah there were all, there, there's no way that they framed this scene like this without it having deeper meaning that's not how the show works especially not with i mean so specifically pills pills and then so specifically there's blood in the tub yeah Unless, unless the pill was a Jolly Rancher, and then she vomited it up, and it turned the water red. Now nobody said that. Nobody has said the Jolly Rancher theory yet. That's yeah. That's a candy though. That's not a pill. Convince uh, me that an English muffin is not a sandwich. <laughs> a, a butter sandwich? Like what do you? Shout out to all the Tylers out there. Yeah, the Tylers who who think that their theories aren't good enough. All but theories, they are. All theories matter. They do. All of them. Next call. Hey, folks. This is your pal, DJ Crime Dog. How are we feeling tonight, Toronto? <sighs> we love you. You're so awesome. Hurt. You're all amazing. Thanks for coming out. Big thanks to the family. I want to bring it down for a minute and recognize a very special friend. Dim the lights, Micah. This one's for you, girl. Tessa. Megan Ballads from Phenomenal Bars. They fucked you over on Veronica Mars. A picture of pure grace. Please punch me in the face. Tessa, you can always count on me. Tessa, you lift me higher than the Mesa Hub. Hot and cold, just like a turkey club. Got a spirit full of fire and ice. Make my tummy feel funny like a Miami Vice. Tessa, you can always count on me. Tessa, 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 you can always count on me. Tessa. You bring your Charlotte hell to life. In a perfect world, I'd make you my wife. When I saw you in Thor Ragnarok, it made the blood inside me shoot straight to my heart. Tessa, you can always count on me. Tessa, would be tired if you would come on the show. Freeze all motor functions. Or toss your boy a Twitter follow. At DJ Grondog. Either way, girl, it's easy to see. The show is more amazing for what you choose to be. And Tessa, you could always count on me. Dear God, that that was unbelievable. I've been around for a lot of uh, DJ Crime Dog calls into into various Grand X podcasts, and I think that was the greatest one ever. I mean, typically, DJ Crime Dog comes with uh, with bars, with rap bars. This was a, a more uh, songful DJ Crime Dog than we've ever seen before. He said he was channeling his Aubrey. And for the record, for those who are confused, Tessa Thompson is the actress who plays Charlotte Hale. Yeah. Uh, and it appears that our friend uh, DJ Crime Dog and his, and his various barks... And, are, and howls. And howls. Dog and cries. He's dog very cries. good at dog cries. I'm telling you, this guy's... <laughs> He spent a lot of time uh, because he is a dog, in fact. He is a human dog. He has a, he has a thing for Tessa. And uh, I think, you know, he kind of said everything we could say. I, I have no other words. Shouts to the DJ Crime Dog Man. Keep calling in. Everybody loves you. The Crime Dog Man dog. Dog. Hey, so am I the only one that thought Jim was whacking it in that first uh, 
scene we saw uh, this this past week. I'm just wondering if that was just me, but pretty sure he was cranking one out. Let me know what you think. Peace. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much. Seriously, because we, we totally forgot to talk about this, and I think Jared might have missed it altogether his first time through. But when, Okay, so like somebody tweeted at us, right, and brought this exact same multiple thing up. People. Multiple people. <laughs> and when I was watching the show on my couch with Tay, I was like, that dude was cranking just now. What was that? That was weird. And it just it went real fast, right? It was like a few seconds where you see him. He's on his back in bed. But he's like clearly doing something's yeah. going on, and I you kind of attributed it to perhaps part of him like spazzing out yeah. or whatever. I I watched it twice and I didn't catch it either time. Yeah, so the, the, it 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 definitely hit me like that. I I that looked like a man cranking. I think this is one of those dirty mind mind tests. Like if you see him cranking, you're then a dirty you're a sicko, mind. And, and, you, and that would make perfect sense, except that you're a sicko and you didn't see it. So I'm clean, as shown by this test. You're anything but. And the the fact that I mean like okay the episode got so crazy that I forgot and let's let's be real this is not like the most important <laughs> tidbit of the episode but it is one of the funniest and the fact that they put it in there and then we glossed over it upsets me so thank you very much for calling in and making sure we address this yeah we probably got like ten calls of people going yeah he was cranking one out the guy was cranking <laughs> but seriously so what is this is it just that that is part of what james delos did every morning is he cranked in bed and we were getting his full routine i think what it is i think that just goes to show like his loneliness you know like he he is this dude who's stuck in this fucking room and he has nothing to do so he just fucking jerks it and he doesn't know that he's not real so he's cranking yeah he's cranking robot dick yeah he's cranking his robot dick this may be the first time we've seen robot masturbation in this show I'm going to say it is. I never really thought about like the inner workings of a robot penis and what that looks like before. And now I'm, I'm finding myself to be curious. So like all like the teenage boys, boy hosts, uh-huh. are we to believe that they're just in the, in like the back, the latrine behind just, the house? They're just all cranking? cranking. There's like a whole room full of guys in a can-can line with Robert Ford's face and they're all cranking. I, this just keeps coming up. I, I don't, I, I, you, put, you said that. I didn't say that. Cranking in the can-can line. Next call. (laughs) Hi, this is Allison in Washington State. I'm calling because I think that the reason that Delos is not saving the people in the park until they secure Peter Abernathy is because not all of the company knows that they're taking Peter Abernathy. And the section of the company that will be taking Peter uh, is splitting from the rest. And so they can't let everyone know why the park is going haywire and why Ford sent the host into chaos. Ross. Yes. This, I mean, this is like the simplest. I think we've been, we've been over complicating this whole deal with the whole reason why the extraction team won't come until they've secured it. I think it's a literally this. Break this down for me, Jared. Like I'm a child. What Allison Washington State is saying is that Peter Abernathy, if anybody else finds him, that's not like a person who already knows about it, like Charlotte Hale or somebody she trusts like Carl Strand or Bernard, then it's then it, bad shit's going to happen because then word's going to get out what, the act, what they're actually doing there and it'll cause a whole PR nightmare. Like think about this, if 200, 800 soldiers or whatever come to the island and one of them finds it and then they like leak it to all their friends. Then, then everything's ruined. Their entire secret operation is ruined. So the idea is just that there's less people, there's less humans who can find out what's going on if they don't send the extraction team in. And that's fair. Yeah, that is a simple explanation for sure. I mean, I'm not going to overcomplicate it again. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hey, uh, this is Brandon from San Francisco. Uh, I just had a little theory on um, Clementine. Uh, you know, we mentioned in the previous episode that... She is, or that Ford was controlling her to go take Bernard in there, but wasn't she part of Dolores' little army before this episode? So was Dolores taking Bernard there and, like, forcing her to drag him there? Not really sure all this. Also, totally agree with Ross that Zombie Clementine is super hot. Thanks, bye. What was that last part? He agrees with you that Zombie Clementine is super hot. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was curious about this as well. There's, and again, it all comes back to, like, how much for, control does Ford still have was this Clementine or Ford? I don't know. Could it be both? Maybe. Or Dolores? 
That's what I meant. Sorry, Dolores or Ford, not I mean, Clementine. I because Bernard sure thinks that it's Ford, and Dolores sh- should have. Well, Dolores said that she does know about the weapon. She she it was shown to her by you know, somebody a, a long time ago. Whatever William probably, and so D- Dolores knows about it. So it's possible. That Dolores was the one behind this because she claims to know about it. You but know? to be clear, in that situation, Dolores would have to verbally tell Clementine what to do. She doesn't have the ability that, say, Maeve has to straight up control other hosts, correct? Yeah, but she could have just told her, like, hey, during the fight, go drag Bernardo. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She would have to tell her, though. Like, um, you said situation, you meant lituation. You misspoke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, lituation. It's a lit situation. So, yeah. I if, Are you on Team Dolores or Team Ford? I'm, I'm on Team Ford. I'm on Team Ford, but I think that we're supposed to be on Team Ford, and it's going to end up being Team Dolores. Okay. Next. Hi, guys. This is Katie from Georgia, and I was calling um, about the Jim Delos and William meeting and how many times those things must have happened, the... Um, fidelity conversations and I know that you guys thought they were every day but I don't think that um, William had to meet with him that often let's assume they had been working on Jim Delos as a host hybrid for 25 years because we know Emily was at least five or six at that party and he was still alive at that point so 25 years round number multiplied by the number of days divided by 149 times they had tried it that's only about once every 61 days on average, which we know some of them, it was day seven, some of them it was later, but if you're taking into account time to do the builds and then time for him to progress, seven days, 35 days, whatever, Man in Black was only having to come back and have that conversation an average of every 61 days. And obviously sometimes it would be way longer, sometimes maybe shorter, but it wouldn't be that overwhelming, but I'm sure doing it 149 times would be super boring. Um, shout out to intern Luke, did a great job of setting you guys straight on a few things because I was literally banging my steering wheel like, no, they didn't let him keep going. It was the last time it said it on the keypad when Elsie looked. But anyway, I totally love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thanks. Bye. We got a mathematician here, Jared. That was a lot of math. I haven't seen that much math since uh, college. Math girl. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. So he wasn't doing it every day, like I said. He was doing it significantly less, but still enough to be driven mad by it, probably. And the real question is, at any point, did William walk in on Delos cranking? That's such a good point. Just to see how he would react. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to get, you know... Real human they're reaction. To, they're trying to test this guy. Does he just keep doing it and look right at William and make eye contact with him, or does he stop? And he yells, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. That's, good. that's a good question, Ross. Hey, guys. Dave from upstate New York here. Jared, what the fuck? I totally thought I missed a will I am situation there. I got excited to the possibility of maybe seeing Fergie in the future, all to have those hopes come crashing down a mere 10 seconds later. I'm with Ross on this one. I, I, HBO has shown that they'll have celebrity cameos. I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? How did I miss will I am? So, well played. You got me there. See ya. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. This whole will I am thing was not in my notes. I was looking at Ross, and I was going to say, oh, he has a visitor, and it's William. But I just thought it would be funny if I said, and it's Will I Am. I didn't think people actually were going to think that they missed some sort of Will I Am. Like, apparently, for like five seconds in between when I clarified, I freaked everybody out. And they thought that the Black Eyed Peas leading man, Will I Am, appeared in Season 2, Episode 4 of Westworld. Yeah, you fucked everybody up with this one. Man, my words are so powerful these days. I heard that there are production assistants on set at the filming of Westworld Season 3 who are actively confused about whether or not Will I Am is a cast member. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I think he should be. Well, tonight's going to be a good night. It is. It's going to be a really good night. All right, guys, this is going to be the best ad read we probably ever do. Just kidding. Every single one is better than the last. We got Lisa back. Lisa's going to be sponsoring every episode from here on out. Uh, Lisa. Best mattress of all time. I'll talk about that in a second. Best pillows of all time as well. There we go. And sheets. The deal we're offering, I'll talk about that first, is $130 off at lisa.com slash freeze. And actually, through the remainder of the month, what month is it, Jared? 
uh, May. May 2018, you get $160 off because Memorial Day. I've been sent to inform you of that. What? Yes. Oh, my God. You got to jump on this then. Yes. Now, it's lisa.com slash freeze or promo code freeze. Uh, this is all the deepest discount they've ever offered. Indeed. They're they're savage for this, you could say. You could. So what Lisa does, besides get you an amazing mattress that I will talk about in a second, they one mattress is donated for every 10 sold and one tree is planted for every order received. People helping people. They have donated 23,000 mattresses thus far. It's a shit ton of mattresses. 11,000 plus five-star reviews. Uh, and they have over 300,000 happy sleepers. Your boy is one of them. Here's the deal. I got my Lisa mattress yesterday, which I ordered it less than a week earlier, which is insane that it comes that fast. Really fast delivery. I'll say that right now. Oh, yeah. Took it back to my apartment, set it up on my bed frame. This was the most fun thing ever. You roll it out of the box, and it just goes... It just starts inflating right in front of you. So you cut it out of this plastic bag, and it just pops up like a freaking like floaty. Yeah, like when you get it, it's weird because I don't know if you've ever had one of those like shitty mattresses from one of those massive uh, furniture. I don't want to give anybody a shout out that doesn't deserve <laughs> one, but you know who I'm talking about. They're real thin, and it's like, oh, this is kind of a bummer, and it just you don't. They're not great. This one, when it comes, is packaged and it's flatter and it's smaller, and you're like, oh man, is this one of those situations? It's not. It blows. It it transforms itself into this beautiful, luxurious, full sized. It's like an anamorph. But for a bed or transformer, I prefer Animorph because I like those in elementary school. You'd see the the books with the person change mid change. Okay. So, anyways, I put this on, and within an hour, I mean, realistically, they say an hour for it to get up to its full size. It looked like it was full size in like five minutes. But I thought you know. they said five minutes, but Th- I could be wrong. Either way, you could be wrong too, though. I could be wrong. Either could way, all be wrong. this thing was fully blown up unbelievably fast i took it out of this box and it immediately like blew up put it on the bed frame and i slept on it last night for the first time and oh my god every back problem and mental problem i've ever had is fixed you look significantly less shitty do i look refreshed i I didn't say that i said less shitty you're getting there maybe a few more nights sleep on the lisa and refreshed will be the word we use but i'm you know ross and i told you we will never endorse a product that we don't believe in and i am a believer my new religion is lisa and, and let me just say they all, like i said they also do pillows first of all lisa l-e-e-s-a dot com slash freeze but they also do, they have pillows now they have a new iteration of their pillow they the fir- i had the first version and i loved it and i was like i gotta get another one of these things so i ordered another one and the new one that came is even like it's a new iteration of the pillow, and it's even better than the old the old one. How is that possible? I I don't really know, but it's seriously I'm, like no no bullshit is the best pillow I've ever had. And I when I wake up in the morning, I hold it <laughs> close to my chest, like Not, up instead again, of your I'm just wife. Like thank you. you yeah, thank she's typically p- gone, so I'm like thank you. You thank your pillow for a good night's I sleep. I do. I'm just like God. I need this. It's it's good. Well, there we go. If you want to be like me and Ross on our amazingly comfortable beds. And pillows. Go to l-e-e-s-a dot com slash freeze. Bop around there. Uh, for reference, I have the Queen Sapira. What do you have, Ross? I have the King Sapira. A king for a king. Lisa.com slash freeze. Back to the show. Next call. What's up, guys? This is Andrew calling from Chesapeake, Virginia, the home of David Wright. And I just want to get your thoughts on the episode that didn't have Maeve or Wyatt, a.k.a. Dolores. I kind of enjoyed it because their storylines are kind of growing old on me. I'm more interested to see what Bernard's endgame is, uh, what the man in black, if he ever, you know, gets his mission and that kind of deal. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. First off, who is David Wright? Why are you asking me? He said he's from Chesapeake, Virginia, the home of David Wright. I, I don't know who David Wright is. I've, I've, the name sounds kind of familiar. Let's see. David Wright. Oh, he's a baseball player. You should know this. By uh, New York Mets? Yes. Sorry, I, I know the Astros and that's it. Oh, okay. Well, his salary is $20 million. That's a lot of money. Could buy a lot of lease mattresses with that. He's 35. He's a right-hander. Uh, that's right. De- throws December right. 20th, 1982. He has 1,777 hits on his career. He's batting 296. 949 runs. This is all through 2016 season. Of course, yeah, of course. Of course, of course. Goes without saying. So, 
I was wondering your thoughts on this as well, and I will give mine. This episode we've touted as one of the best in the series' history. In television in general. In television in general. And it didn't include Dolores, Maeve, Teddy. Yeah. Three of the main characters of this show. I have found myself on multiple occasions becoming wary of Dolores. I have also found myself becoming wary of Bernard on different occasions. I think it really depends, episode to episode. And just because this particular one happened to be so good, lacking their storylines, the ones that weren't in it, I don't think that's a slight on them or their characters. It just kind of... There's a lot going on with this show. It it just cha- it kind of changes up every week. You know, week to week, it's like, if we went a few weeks without Dolores, trust me, you'd be like, where the fuck is Dolores? I need Dolores. But we've gotten a lot of yeah. Dolores. So I think a week off from her was refreshing. And good shows find that balance with all their main characters. I, I appreciated it. For anybody else who kind of felt like, oh man, like maybe we don't even need those storylines. I think the idea behind it is that the reason why you liked this episode so much is because you knew where everybody's storyline ended. You knew Bernard ended on the beach, and then he goes from there. You knew that Man in Black is going to end at the door. Right now, we don't know what the fuck Glory is. We don't know what the Valley Beyond is. We don't know where Dolores is going. Nah, I'd compare it to like if LeBron James gets hurt and the Cavs have a good game and people are like, oh man, do the Cavs even need LeBron? It's like, (laughs) of course the Cavs need LeBron, you jackass. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. That's a good way of putting it. Let's leave it at that. Hey, this is Josh of Portwinini again. I had a crackpot theory today. Consider this. What if Glory slash the Valley Beyond, as we know, is the site of William's old experiment, his old pet project, what if that's where they were making hosts for human minds to go into, meaning hosts that can leave the park and go into the real world, which is exactly what Dolores and company need to escape. And the bodies we see in the, uh, in the sea in the beginning – that's not where hosts died. That's where the host dumped their old bodies because they knew Dallas was going to track them. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Ah, dear God. Did not think about this. Did not think this was a host body dump. They disposed they... of their old cor- their old uh, shells, basically, like a like a molting crab or snake or crab. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, Josh. What a call. I like that. And I mean, especially because, look, there's, there's going to be... A, we've, we've, we've thrown out a couple options at this point, I think. There's going to be a twist with the, the lake bodies situation. Yeah. This is another good one. I, I, it's not beyond the realm of possibility at all. There's so much up in the air right now. How many season. episodes do we have left? Six? Six. Man, yeah, there is, I mean, there is a lot going on. Like, maybe more than in any show I've ever watched ever for the, for the point in the season that we're at. Think about how happy we are with all the answers we got so far. And think about how many more questions still remain unanswered. I, I, I'm very excited to see how the rest of this thing plays out. I mean, given the fact that on Sunday we'll be halfway through the season, that is wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Halfway through this podcast, kind of? Well, No. If you were wondering, by the way, we will be back for season three. This is not a, a season two and done podcast. We'll be back season three in like whenever the hell that's going to be. But let's just get through the rest of season two and chill first. Chill. Hi, my name's Alex. I'm a listener of RBP and Freeze All Motor from Detroit, Michigan. want to thank Ross and Jared for the great Westworld podcast. Also, thanks for the coupon this week to Rowdy Gentlemen. I finally got my Napple Time pocket tea ordered. Um, for this week, Rip Logan. Also, I want to propose calling the new variations of the characters Jim Delhost and that super hot, uncomfortable uh, Clementine Clementine. So moving on, right now we're in such a strange, weird position with this theory-driven show because everything we want to know about, everything we're theorizing about has already happened. These questions we have are about fixed concrete events that have taken place in the show's history. We're not as focused on future events and where the story is going, but rather on the motivations of major players and what they've already seen and done, filling in the history and past. And the showrunners are embracing this focus on the past events and backward storytelling by showing very little forward momentum. They've only extended the story by two weeks from the Ford murder incident, whereas filming in the 35-year history of the park in Delos is much more interesting. 
And this focus is made clear by what Lawrence's daughter, speaking as Robert Ford, says to the men in black at the end of the episode. If you're looking forward, you're looking in the wrong direction. This is showing on many levels that the show is putting our attention on the past and the journey, how we got there, is more important than the present-day story, just like how the memories and repetition are so important in building consciousness in the hosts. Other thing I got for you guys, that brain ball chestnut thing that Bernard is playing for Ford. Some people might think it's a copy of Ford or Arnold. I prefer to think it's a Dolores chestnut that's going to give the story a Pinocchio parallel, a chance to turn the host into a real girl. That's about all I got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks a lot. Again, this is Alex from Detroit signing out. This man has drank a lot of coffee. I'll say that much. What? Detroit has got the strongest coffee in America. Shouts to Alex for the incredibly detailed. Nobody has ever fit that much information in a minute 48 call before. I can't believe we've never talked about Pinocchio before. In what sense? I'm a real boy. Like, the whole thing with Pinocchio is he's a puppet that gains consciousness or sentience. By the way, somebody argued that we have been using it correctly, and now I'm very confused. I, we have. Prove I, us I wrong. Just, Nobody's proved us wrong yet. I just don't. I, I'm too scared, so I'm just going to go with consciousness. But he becomes a real boy. Dolores becomes a real girl. So you think that Westworld is... Maybe becomes a real girl, too. <laughs> Westworld's Pinocchio, kind of, in a way. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is this entire thing was ripped from Pinocchio, and uh, Ford is the uh, toy maker. I do agree with what Alex says, that a lot of stuff this season has been about the past. We have Reunion. We have... You know, the riddle of the Sphinx where where you hear about how if you're looking forward or looking in the wrong direction. Geppetto. Geppetto. Sorry. You hear about Geppetto. This whole season has been about the past um, and looking backwards to go forwards and all that. So Alex is, Alex is right. There's, I'm sure that's going to come into play more. And we're definitely getting a lot of... I do like what he said, too, about the host's, like, repetition, you know? Like we're we're going back we're going back and reliving what these people already lived. Kind yeah, of going backwards, looking backwards. Yeah, it's interesting. I to you know how much of the focus will maintain on the past versus the future. I mean, it's going to be a big part of how the rest of the season unfolds, obviously. But it's like it's the fact that that line is kind of being hammered home. Like if you're not if you're looking forward, you're looking in the wrong direction, and it starts where you end and ends where you began. Same thing. And I feel like it's all just inevitably to mind fuck us and flip it on its head or something. So I don't know. Yeah. Flip it on its head. Maybe in the can-can line, they do a flip at some point. Yes. Well, they crank. Hey, it's Ari from Detroit. I just wanted to point out something about the opening scene with uh, Jimmy Delos. That was almost a shot-for-shot callback to the season one premiere of Lost when we meet Desmond, who's in the hatch. I don't know if you guys watch Lost. Great show, though. Um, we see in Lost, Desmond is in a hatch. He plays a music on a record player, hops on a bike, makes himself breakfast. And, and the scene with Jimmy Delos is almost a shot for shot remake of that. I don't know if that's JJ Abrams, you know, as a little homage to his previous show, or if Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan are fans of the show. I uh, just thought I'd point it out. A lot of people are talking about it online. Um, because they're pretty similar shows. They're both shows that ask more questions than answers. Um, all right, have a good one, guys. It's funny because when I was watching the opening of this episode, it was like right on the like tip of my uh, like cerebellum. I was like, "What the? Why? Why is this so familiar to me? Like, what is this from?" Because stylistically, Lost? yeah, I watched Lost in about a three-week setting, like the entire series in college. Yeah, we in, a, about in this, a summer. Yeah, yeah and it, 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 I've never fully recovered, but <laughs> it. Uh, this is. I mean, if it's not an homage from Abrams, then someone needs to apologize or explain themselves <laughs> because they literally stole the scene like frame for frame. Yeah. It's the exact style of the cinematography from that scene. I know that Joy and Nolan pull a lot from pop culture, so I'm sure. Also, J.J. Abrams has like some sort of relationship to this TV I'm show. I'm sure. I, honestly, I'd be shocked if at this point they haven't publicly commented on the comparison and the uh, reasoning for it. It's probably yeah. online by now. J.J. Abrams is a producer on Westworld. No, I know that. But I'm just saying, Can you I, imagine I guarantee if, if, you someone has asked them at this point, hey, what's the deal with season four opening being the exact same thing as uh, that random episode of Lost? J.J. Abrams sees the final cut for the first time. And they're just like, what the, and he's, he's like, like wait, what, hey, the, what the fuck? Dick? Yeah, he's paying for the show and they're just ripping off his own <laughs> old material. 
But I thought that was cool as hell. I mean, it was like, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if there wasn't a direct uh, correlation or some kind of signing off, like if something works really well stylistically on another show, there's no reason you can't adapt that. Mm -hmm. It just, uh, it was a very cool, unique thing. I have never seen anywhere else except for Lost. So it's, it was super, I think that's why it popped into so many people's heads. It's easy to identify. Uh, and this next caller, he thinks he knows what Ford's game is. Hi, this is not Tyler. I'm calling with a theory regarding last night's episode. I think I know what Ford's game is. I think he's going to be using Lawrence to revert the man in black back to good old William. Um, in the beginning, he says you start where you ended and you end where you began. And you see the first interaction with Lawrence. He finds him tied upside down, just like he left him tied upside down, but this time around he saves him instead of kills him. We go back to where Elazo is, and Elazo kills himself, kind of like a whole, hey, you remember this guy as Elazo as well as Lawrence, but now Elazo's dead. He's just family man Lawrence. Finally, in last night's episode, we see him go back to Lawrence's hometown, where last time they were there, the man in black slaughtered everyone and tortured the wife and daughter before killing him. This time he saves everyone from the man torturing everyone. So let me know what you think. I think Ford is trying to save the man in black and kind of revert him back to Anakin, which makes the man in black the Darth Vader of Westworld. Oh. Uh, remember, this is Tyler, and his friends call him Tyler, but now he's not Tyler. I, I, we have, okay. Uh, yeah, I like this. This is... Uh... One way to look at the whole... The door. Yeah. And it's it makes sense because there's such a transformation from William to the man in black through Lawrence. Like, we see everything, like like Tyler, not Tyler, points out, like, this is all being manifested with all these Lawrence storylines that he's going back and changing up the outcome of. Very true. Very, very good point. I think not Tyler might not be onto something. Hey! <laughs> if you reverse that, it's what I actually think. Final call. Flip it and reverse it. What's up, guys? It's Jackson from San Diego. Gotta ask. Ross, my man. I'm trying to do this Blazing Saddles. I need some tips from you. What are your two biggest tips when trying to watch Westworld Blazing Saddles? All right. Uh, my first biggest tip is to remain calm. Uh, try not to overthink anything. You will understand very little of what happens, and that's okay. Because you're going to listen to the show later and Jared's going to explain it to you. So that's that's the one comfort I can give you. The second thing is watch it later, not stoned. Uh, it's really like it is the coolest show I've ever watched high because it makes you think about all this really deep shit that you otherwise probably would have not thought about, um, which is like half the fun of smoking weed in the first place. But the you in order to fully understand what's going on and to uh like maintain your grasp on the storylines and, and everything like that, you got to watch it again later on not blazing saddles those are my two tips remain calm do another watch sober um and that's it for the calls this week and here's the deal i totally forgot to mention this one of the uh one of the listeners thanked us for the rg coupon to get his Napple Time t-shirt. What's RG? RG is RowdyGentleman.com. It's good times gear. It's getting up to be summer, baby. It's heating up. Hot, hot, spicy. You're going to be sitting by the pool. You're going to be walking the dog outside in the, in the, in the nice weather. You're going to be on the Ray beach. Bands. You're going to be on the beach. You're going to be at the lake. You're going to be at the lake. You're going to be at the gym. And we have clothes for all that. And here's the deal. And this is what this listener was referencing. We have a code that we're about to give you that is so secret that we literally are not allowed to promote it anywhere but on this podcast. I, the code. Like, literally. They said you can only put this on the podcast. This is only for podcast listeners because otherwise it's too big of a deal. Live I'm not even code. kidding. That is the actual directions from our marketing guy. The code is FREEZE50 on RowdyGentleman.com. You get 50% off all t-shirts. These aren't the overstock sale t-shirts. These are our regular t-shirts that normally cost full price. You, as a Freeze All Motor Functions podcast listener... Get 50% off right now. That's half. That's half off. That's insane. You can get two shirts for the price of one. You can get four shirts for the price of two. You can get 100 shirts for the price of 50. Basically what happened is they were like, Jared Ross, do you guys want Christmas bonuses this year or do you want your listeners to be able to get half off on shirts? And we were like, come on, it's obvious. 
we want our listeners to get half off on shirts. We do it for you. And I'm not even kidding. That's a super secret code. Don't tell anybody who doesn't listen to the podcast about it. Only you can use it. Freeze 50, rowdygentleman.com. It's time to freeze. It's time to freeze. It's time to freeze. It's also time to end the show right now. <laughs> what voice is that? What is that? A Muppet? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. A dime. Oh, it's a... Uh, it's close to something. He's not a doomer. Okay, that's close. I think. A little, but I don't know. Uh, if you want to get on the Freeze on Motor Functions Instagram story, send Ross and I a Snapchat or Instagram picture related to the show or Freeze on Motor Functions uh, Westworld. What? <laughs> it's the show that inspires our show. Westworld, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The show we all watch. Uh, send it to us. I'm at Jared Borislow on Snap and IG, and Ross is at WR Bolin on Snap and IG. And Twitter. And Twitter. Me too on Twitter. Tweet at us, DM us, leave comments. We will respond to you at Freeze on Motor on Twitter, at Freeze on Motor Functions on the Instagram. NPR style sign off Freeze on Motor Functions is brought to you by Grand X Media and hosted by me, Jared Borislow, along with Ross Bolin. Michael Wiener produced the show. Special thanks to Phil from DC, aka Schnapple, on SoundCloud for our intro music, Brad Hess for our outro music, and intern Tarina, who crushes the content game on our social accounts that I just plugged at Freeze on Motor on Twitter, at Freeze on Motor Functions on Instagram. Best Westworld shit on the internet. We have it for you. Also, buy a t-shirt, grandexshop.com. I typically wouldn't interrupt the NPR-style sign-off, but look out for that can-can line gif. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Get ready. See you on Monday. Functions. Functions. Functions.